choice of song, and you did a good job with that. Somebody one day is going to be so glad they asked you to marry them. I'm telling you that right now. I know your sister just got married, but good night. Well, go back to 1 John chapter 4 tonight, if you would. 1 John chapter 4, and... Um, you know, every time I say I have a brief message, it never works out that way. So I'm just going to preach what I have in front of me. I believe it won't be very long, but I, I think it will help us. First John chapter 4 this morning, we were looking in the Bible in First John chapter 4 about the spirit world and about how that the spirit in us keeps us from the spirit of error and antichrist that is in this world. And um, we certainly believe that that is still true in this very hour in which we live, that there is a world that we cannot see that is full of activity. And if we are oblivious to that, then we miss verse 1, beloved, believe not every spirit. Church, I'm telling you tonight, you and I should always follow the voice of the Holy Ghost of God. You should follow the Spirit of God, but you best not follow the Spirit of this world or you're going to end up in shipwreck. The world has a way of thinking. They are of the world and they speak of the world and the world hears them. They agree with what they hear. But we are not of that Spirit. Uh, we are of a Spirit that's been from heaven and that Holy Ghost that lives in us directs us. But verse 4 is, is the verse that I want to look at. It's one that I just mentioned in passing. The Bible says, Ye are of God, little children. And have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I told you the first time that word greater occurs is in the book of Genesis chapter 1. And the comparison is the sun and the moon. And I want to say again tonight at the outset of this message that God Almighty is far greater than anything this world has to offer. That the spirit that lives in me is greater than the spirit of Antichrist. That the God that saved you and I is greater than the wickedness and the God of this world. And though it looks like so many times we are in such a small minority, and we are, we're in a small minority. But with God on our side, we have the majority and one day that will be realized and we shouldn't be discouraged about that when we look around. And that being said, the verse there says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He's greater. We have a God that's greater. We have a God that's greater than the economy that we live in. We have a, gr a God that's greater than the Federal Reserve. We have a God that's greater than the United States military and all its techno technological might. We have a God that's a whole lot greater. We have a God that's greater than the Republican and Democrat parties combined. Right. We have a God that's greater. A greater God. He's greater. And it's notable in the book of John that that is said. Look if you would in chapter 3. Three times that phrase is said, how God is greater. Chapter 3, if you look in chapter 3. The Bible says this in verse number 20, for if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. I don't know too many things that are harder to deal with than self-condemnation. 
when you think about what you've done in your past, and some of us in here, you don't have a great past that you've committed great sins or maybe have great regrets, but there are others in the auditorium tonight that we have great regrets and we have things that the devil likes to remind us of and the devil likes us to think on those things and discourage us. And all I'd like to say tonight is this, that though our heart may condemn us, we have a God that's greater than the condemnation in our heart. That my God is greater than my own self-condemnation. I know what I am, and I know what I've committed, and I know what I've done, and sometimes I get so upset with that and frustrated with that, and the devil loves to pile on and say, yes, I, don't, don't you remember? I, I told you, I used to doubt my salvation so strongly after I got right with God. And the devil told me there is no way that you could be saved and have lived like that. And I got to agree with him. There's no way I could be saved and have done what I did at 2 o'clock in the morning, 1 o'clock in the morning with the people. There's no way I could be saved. The only problem with that is that I did get saved when I was 5 years old. And finally God won out. And though the devil condemned me and though I condemned myself, the Bible says God is greater than our heart and I'm born again as I could be. Amen. And I got victory over that. There are so many things that you cannot go back in time and undo. There's a God in heaven who is greater than the condemning heart that you have in your chest. Amen. You know Muhammad can't say that. Allah can't say that. Buddha can't say that. Mahatma Gandhi can't say that. But I'm telling you right now, the God that I serve... My God is greater than my condemning heart. You know why, don't you? Because my God has the power to forgive the things that I condemn my own heart about. Mahatma Gandhi cannot do that and Buddha cannot do that and Allah cannot do that because none of them went to Calvary and hung on a tree without sin in their life. But hey, my Savior went to Calvary, no sin, no stain, no spot, laid his life down and he's able able to go beyond my condemning heart. Amen. He's greater. He's greater. I praise the Lord for that. And then in chapter 4 and verse 4, we've already read it. You're of God, little children. You have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, God is greater than he that is in the world. Now, that could be definitely in the passage, the context, the false prophets that we've spoken about in verse number one. It could be the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist spoken about in verse number three. It could be the devil that's mentioned later on in the chapter. But I think if you were to go to Revelation, I'm not going to have you to turn, but in Revelation chapters 12, 13, and 14, you have the Antichrist and you have the false prophet. And the false prophet is able to make an image live. And the Antichrist, the Bible says, has a, a deadly wound that was healed. And he causes all the world to worship him and to take a mark in their hand and in their forehead. And if they won't take that mark, then they can't buy, they can't sell, they can't get gain. In chapter 12, the devil is that great red dragon that is standing before the nation of Israel as Jesus is born to devour the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what? Even though Herod tried by taking and killing all the children two years of age and under, he wasn't able to kill Jesus because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
And I'm telling you, this world, this world is about to find out that that Bible is true. I heard a comedian say this. He said, he said, you know, when I watch the news now, he said, I just take my Bible and turn to the book of Revelation and start checking off. Well, that's been done and that one's done and that one's still left to be done. And he says, I just start checking off in the Bible how many things have already come to pass waiting, waiting for the Antichrist to show up. But I'm not, I am not worried about who the Antichrist is. I'm not worried about how much power he has. I'm not worried about the, the, the scope of his reach. I mean, he's going to be able to reach the uttermost. He's going to be able to reach Jerusalem and the capitals of this world. But I'm going to tell you where he can't reach. He's not going to be able to reach to heaven. He's not going to be able to reach where I'm going. He's not going to be able to reach the city of gold whose builder and maker is God. Hey, he's not going to be able to reach there. You know why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, if I wasn't saved, I'd be scared to death about what's coming if I read the book of Revelation. But if I was saved, I wouldn't do anything but take a baby aspirin going down the road because you don't have to worry about what's coming. That's right. You know, you know why? Because greater is he that is in you. Now, listen, you are no match for the devil or the littlest devil in hell. You are no match for the littlest devil in hell. But the biggest devil in hell is no match for Jesus Christ. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now, he that is in you, not just he, but he that is in you. What I'm talking about is I've got a God that lives on the inside of me that's greater than the devil that's on the outside. I praise the Lord for that. Chapter 5, chapter 5. Chapter 5, if you look what the Bible says in verse number 9, if we receive the witness, well, you know, I'm going to read verse 7. It just needs to be read. So many Bibles leave it out. Verse 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He is greater than our heart that condemns us. He's greater than he that is in the world. And, and he is greater than the witness of men. Credibility. Credibility. Today, today I think we live in a very, uh, a, a society that is very, uh, lacks Credibility. And yet certain people are given great credibility because of the power they have. For instance, somebody like George Soros. People will listen to what he has to say because of the amount of money that he has. Elon Musk, I've never had a conversation with either of these men. I don't know, if, really, I don't know what their position is on a number of things. But because Elon Musk is so powerful and wealthy, people want to know what he thinks and they want to hear what he has to say. They do the same thing when it comes to fame. If you're famous, somebody ought to listen to you. I mean, if you're Tom Cruise and you've made a movie that everybody wants to go see, somebody puts a microphone in front of you and they want to know what you have to say about things as if that makes whatever you have to say important. And they're given credibility. If you're an athlete, if you're an athlete, LeBron James, and you have a microphone put in front of you and everybody wants to hear what you have to say about China or about the Ukraine because your credibility, your witness is something that people want to hear. The same thing's true of somebody that's exceptionally intelligent. 
in universities and people that have long, large degrees that they've earned. People sit down and they listen and they read their books and they give attention to what they have to say. And all I'd say tonight is this. All of those people, though their credentials may be large and their fame may be great and their power on this earth may be great. I'm telling you right now, the witness of Jesus Christ is greater than their witness. The witness of Christ is great. And what is that witness? Here's that witness. Verse number 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Listen, the celebrities in Hollywood will tell you there's no way you can know where you're going when you die. The wealthy men of this world will tell you, hey, there's no way you can know where you're going when you die. And yet the Son of God says, I'm telling you, you can know exactly where you're going when you die. He that believeth on me hath life. Amen. His witness is greater. Well, let's take a poll and find out what Fox News thinks about it. And let's bring CNN on top of that. And let's bring MSNBC. And let's even put it before the Supreme Court and let them have a vote and decide on whether or not a man can know he's going to heaven when he dies. Don't have to do that. I've got it written down right here in 1 John chapter 5. I know exactly where I'm going, not because I'm a Baptist, but because of what he promised. He's got a greater witness. And you know what? His witness is always true. God never lies. Never lies. So he is greater. Verse 4 of 1 John 4, the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But if you look at the first part of that verse, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them. You've overcome. The word overcome means to conquer, to subdue, to be victorious. It occurs 24 times in your Bible, but three instances here in the Scripture in 1 John. And I want to point those three out to you as well because I think sometimes what happens is we lift a phrase out of the Bible and it becomes something that really God never intended it to become. In other words, every verse in the Bible has a context. There is no phrase that you can pick out and adopt as your own and make it yours to fit your theology. Every verse in this Bible was written by God for a specific purpose that he determined, not you and I. Now, that, that's, that's why I want you to see verse number four. You, you're of God, little children, and have overcome them. You've overcome them. Well, who is the them? The false teachers. But I want you to look back in chapter two, the first time that overcoming occurs. 1 John chapter 2, look at verse number 13. I write unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you young men because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you little children because ye have known the father. I have written unto you fathers because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Now the Bible says in verses 13 and 14 that these young men, and that being those maturing Christians, that they have overcome the wicked one. I would take that to mean the devil. And, and what I think some people do when they find a phrase that, that you've overcome them, that they make it say something that it never was meant to say. In, in other words, and I, and I listen to a lot of preaching on this text. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you've overcome them. 
And so what some people will do, they'll take that and they'll make a message that shows us being the victorious underdog. You know, Americans, many times, we love the underdog. We love to see the guy that's not supposed to win step up and win. We like to see Goliath slain by little David out there on the battlefield. We like that. And so what somebody will do, they'll take a passage that talks about us overcoming, and they'll make that to be about you and I as underdogs in a minority of believers, that we're able to conquer whatever the world has to offer out there, that we're overcomers. Or they'll make it mean something like this, that you and I found some newfound strength to help us win. Kind of like uh, Samson did when Samson went over. I, I really believe, I believe Samson was a little bitty fella. I, I don't believe that he was a big guy. I, I don't think that he looked like anything that people depict him as. He didn't have muscles that were everywhere. He was not like Aaron Burkhart. He is not, got, he didn't have muscles in his ears and in his feet. I, don't, I believe he was a little man. He was a little man, but when he went over to the gate of the city, the, the gate of the city, not, not the door of the building, the gate of the city, he reaches over and he takes and he picks up the whole gate and he walks off with it. And what we want to do sometimes, and this is what preachers do, they'll take a text like that and they'll say, well, then God's going to give you that newfound strength to where you can overcome everything. And you're going to have this great newfound strength and energy that will make you like one of the Avengers. I don't believe that's what that verse was written for. Neither do I think that verse was written for us to be able to say, well, what that means is now I can accomplish my purpose that I want to accomplish and God will help me do it. I disagree with that all the I'm going to tell you what I think. I think that when we read about overcoming, I think what we read about is not us accomplishing our design and our purpose. I think what we read about is God accomplishing his purpose through somebody that's a whole lot weaker than, we, than, than he is. So when it says in verses 13 and 14, it's not about me being stronger than the devil, but it is about this. It's about the fact that Jesus, look at it now, verse 14, I have written unto you young men because ye are strong and the word of God abideth in you and ye have overcome the wicked one. Is not that what Jesus did? The Bible is very clear that Jesus, when he was tempted and Satan is in the wilderness with him, Jesus over and over again said this, it is is written. And I'm telling you tonight, listen, you and I are not going to find some superpower to overcome the world, but we do have his word that can work in us and through us to accomplish his purpose. Amen. You can have peace when everybody else is falling apart. I am glad that I have a promise in the Bible that says, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You, you know, we may not have all the money in the world, and we may not have all the might in the world, but we sure do have some promises from God in this world. So when the Bible says that I can overcome the wicked one, it's not because I've got some kind of great super strength. It's because that through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, his word, I can be strong enough to overcome the devil. I hear people all the time say, preacher, I just had to give in to temptation. Well, you know what? If you'll take and you'll get your strength from this Bible that God wrote, maybe you won't give in to that temptation. I've heard people say, preacher, I just can't quit. Maybe in your power you can't quit, but maybe in the power of God you might be able to get the job done. Right. So you can overcome the wicked one through the word of God. Then chapter 4, chapter 4. 
chapter 4, the Bible says these false teachers, these these folks that have the spirit of Antichrist, that are full of the spirit of error, verse number 6, year of God, little children, and have overcome them. So, I can overcome the spirit of error and Antichrist that's being spewed on the television and on the internet. I, I don't know how many of you feel this way, but um, when I was a little boy, when I was a little boy, we, we went to church. There was no such thing as Christian television. I, I never heard anything like that. In fact, I don't even really remember having tapes. What I remember, my dad, my dad had a car that had an eight-track player in it. You might know what an eight-track player is. Oh, wow. A lot of, we're an old congregation, aren't we? <laughs> what I do remember are records that would be offered for people to take and buy, and they could hear preaching. Really, you, you, weren't, you weren't given this huge, wide access to all these different kinds of preachers. You weren't given all of that. It was very simplified. You went to your local church. You heard your local pastor. He brought some people in from time to time. You might go to a revival meeting. But you really didn't hear all the other stuff that was out there. And today, I'm telling you today, there is more misinformation passed on Facebook in one day about the Bible than probably years when I was a child. And, and what happens is we hear, oh, and you, is that true? Is that right? Is that what that means? Can I really do that? And all I would say, if you don't want to buy into that, then the Bible's clear that ye have overcome them. But you know how you overcame them? You overcame them by verse 2, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. I'm telling you tonight, the only way you can overcome false teaching is to have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. Now, I, I'm not trying to be mystic, but I'm telling you, this, I have sat and I have listened to people and they have preached something and my, I might be in a, a different country and something on the inside says, there's something not right about what was said. I've been going down the road and I usually have it on 91.5 and hear that every now and then I'm on some other station and I'll hear something and I'll say, there's, there's something not right with that. And then there's times that somebody gets up in a pulpit and starts preaching. And there's a spirit on the inside of me that says, that is ringing true right there. That right there is what you need to pay attention to. There'll be a preacher every now and then that'll get behind a pulpit. And as he starts preaching, something in my heart, I believe it's the Holy Ghost starts saying, you need to pay attention to what he's saying. You need to listen to what he's saying. That man will help you. And it's like God, it's like God supplies the need. And I'm telling you, if you want to overcome all the craziness out there, all the false doctrine out there, you know what you need to do? You need to listen to the Spirit of God on the inside. You're not going to overcome because you have all of this knowledge you're going to overcome because you've got a spirit of God that is going to guide you into all truth. Because some truth's hard to figure out. I doubt, I doubt it's true now because this is 2022. Is that right? This is 2022. Great day. How many of you were alive in the year 2000? Raise your hand. Oh, wow. How many of you were not alive in the year 2000? So here's what you don't know about. There are people in our congregation that are still eating beans that they bought back in the year 2000 because the end of the world was going to take place. Right. 
people begin listening. And then you hear somebody that you have confidence in say something, you think, well, maybe I, do I need to do that? There is so much confusion over vaccinations and so much confusion over what to do. Listen, 2020 was one complete year of all kinds of different information we'd never heard. And how do we know what to do? I'll tell you how you know what to do. The Spirit of God that's in you knows how to guide you into all truth. And that's how you overcome a world full of misinformation, especially religiously. Lastly, if you look there in chapter 5 again, 1 John chapter 5, overcoming. The Bible says in verse number 4, For whosoever, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? And then it gives the listing of the water and the blood and Jesus Christ and the three that bear record in heaven and the three that bear witness in the earth. And, and all I want to say about it is this, that if you want to be able to overcome the world, and the world, in my opinion, is the system that it operates on the earth. The world is the way people think. The world is the way people live. The world is the flow of business and the flow of life according to the world. And the Bible says if you want to overcome that world, then the way you overcome it is by faith and by believing that Jesus is the Son of God. And here's what I'd like to say. Listen, then I'd like to say this. The only way I can overcome the world is through a crucified Savior living in my life and giving me the victory. You know what Paul said? Paul said, I am crucified in the world and the world unto me. There's so much this world has to offer you that just is really not what it looks like at all. There, there's a promise that if you get this, you'll be happy. How many of you have ever bought that thing that you knew would make you happy and after you had it for about a week, you decided this is not living up to the billing? Anybody besides me? They call it buyer's remorse. Now I've got to pay the bill on this thing. And it is not bringing me the happiness that I thought it would. The world will promise you satisfaction. Young people, you listen. The world will promise you a life of satisfaction. Just like that prodigal son thought. I got all this money. I'm going out there into that far country. I am going to have the time of my life. And you know where he ended up? He ended up in a hog pen broke with nobody that cared about him whatsoever. That is not true of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for our sins and we've been born again. Listen, how many of you are not just Baptist, but you are born again Baptist? We got a new nature on the inside. I don't know who did it tonight. I don't even know where it went, but there's a piece of okra somewhere around here. And, and, and listen, as long as I live, I believe when I die, I don't think I'm going to care about okra because it has snot on the inside of it. It has whiskers on the outside of it. I don't care if you fry it, mash it, puree it. It really doesn't make any difference. I just have no, my appetite has, I have no appetite for that whatsoever. And that's kind of the way I look at the world now. When you start talking about all the alcohol and all the good time by drinking the coolers and the beer and, the, and all the, the drinks at the bar, there is no, hey, there's nothing there anymore. If I could live in this size of a house and if I could drive that car and if I could have these things, then I would be sad. Hey, I don't believe that. I believe that Jesus satisfies the soul. 
had a young man just tell me a couple weeks ago, he said, you know, making a lot of money, he, um, he works as a salesman for Learjet and makes lots of money. And he said, he said, Pastor, he said, one day I was driving down the road and he said, I saw, I saw this particular car and he named it. It's a very expensive car. And he said, I told the Lord, Lord, I really don't need a car like that. Instead, Lord, what I think I need is, I just need you to help me understand how to live my life so I can be pleasing to you. And a young man that's making fistfuls of dollars has found out that there's no real satisfaction there, but in a crucified life of Jesus Christ and the, the new man on the inside, I got something a whole lot better than what they have out there. So that world now is not overcoming me, but through a crucified Savior, I can overcome it. In other words, God, God is working through me with His Word and his spirit and his crucifixion. He's working through me a greater purpose and a more satisfying purpose than I could ever get by just following the world and the wealth of this world and the ways of this world. And I'm telling you tonight, hey church, we got the best life. Come on, we got the best life and we're not even on the other side of heaven yet. When we stand on the other side of heaven, don't you know, hey, we, nobody is going to have buyer's remorse in heaven. Nobody's going to say, why in the world did I come here? Why in the world did I put my faith in Christ? Why in the world did I give all that money to me? You, know, you get to heaven, you know what you're going to do? I cannot believe I'm here. I cannot believe it's this good. I, listen, I think heaven is better than you can imagine it is. Overcoming the world overcoming the wicked one because we have a God that's greater than our heart. And that God, that God that's greater, that has a greater witness than that of men is the God that needs to be directing our lives. And so tonight, my invitation is simple. How many of you would say tonight, just get up out of your seat, say, God, I want to live and overcoming life, but I want you to help me. I need you to be greater than my condemning heart. I need you to be greater than the witness of men. Anybody get up out of your seat and come to an altar and say, God, please, amen, 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 all over the building. Amen. God, thank you for helping me overcome, but I need your help in overcoming the devil. I need your help in overcoming the world. I need your help. Brother Ken, Sister Judy going to play on the instruments. Brother Hobart's going to sing a little bit. He is greater, but he's not greater so I can achieve my, my purposes. He's greater so he can accomplish his purpose through me. I'm an overcomer, 
but it's not the underdog winning and it's not the one that found supernatural strength. It's overcoming so that he is working his purpose in my life. And I praise the Lord for that. Brother Stevens, you go right ahead and sing a little bit. Let's pray together for a little while. My faith has found a resting place, not in device nor creed. I trust the ever-living one, his wounds for me shall plead. I need no other argument, I need no other enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. My heart is leaning on the word, the written word of God. Salvation by my Savior's name, salvation through his blood I need no other argument I need no other plea it is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me how about one more verse of that brother Steve my great physician heals the sick. The lost he came to save. For me his precious blood he shed. For me his life he gave. I need no been good to be in church today, hadn't it? And uh, we have church conference we need to take care of for just a moment. So uh, Brother Wallace, Brother Robertson, Brother Stevens is going to help us with that tonight. All right. <clears throat>